I'm no expert, but I think the trail goes this way. Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. This is Gizmo, and I am usually the host. For today's episode, however, I'm turning the reins over to Homework, our Continental Divide Trail correspondent. First things first, thanks to HelloFresh.com for supporting Sounds of the Trail. Their support was the extra push that got this episode on air today. And you can get 35 bucks off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the code HIKERTALK. So today's episode is about community, trail community, and I'm glad that we've saved this audio for now. You'll recognize hikers checking in from all different points of the trails in today's episode. I think we need community right now more than ever. I had this thought recently about the words we use to describe ourselves and groups of people, because where I lived as a Peace Corps volunteer, the local word for government was the exact same word as the word for people. So whenever they talked about what the government was saying or what the government was doing, it sounded exactly the same as if they were talking about what the people were saying or what the people were doing. But if we turn that idea on its head, what if we apply that to the trail? So when talking about trail people or hikers, (laughs) we would also be talking about trail government We the hikers. We the people. Ah, if only we could be so lucky. The people of the trail, the government of the trail, is a special one, and I haven't found anyone quite like it anywhere else. Before I let homework take over and expound more on all these ideas, let's hear more about this week's sponsor, HelloFresh.com. So HelloFresh.com is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking easy and convenient The meal kits have new and delicious recipes each week with step-by-step instructions designed to take about 30 minutes in the kitchen to prepare. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients, measures out the exact quantity you need so there's no food waste, and teams that up with straightforward recipes that are easy to follow even if you are not so comfortable in the kitchen yourself. They deliver it all to your doorstep in a special insulated box. HelloFresh sent me a box earlier this week so I could prove that for myself. I've actually been working late a bunch and I hadn't gone grocery shopping, so the timing couldn't have been better. I threw those bad boys together in 30 minutes and I swear they even looked like the photos on the recipe cards. I especially enjoyed the pork chops with the cherry and balsamic glaze with potatoes and broccoli. The recipe told me to oven roast my broccoli, which I had never done before, and it turned out to be delicious. So there you go. Go to HelloFresh.com and use the code HikerTalk, and they'll give you $35 off your first order. And I am finally done passing this over to homework. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Sounds of the Trail, where we explore the ups, downs, traverses, and zero days of the trail. Or however that goes. First things first, as you've probably noticed, I'm not your host, Gizmo. But you may recognize my voice if you've tuned in this season of Sounds of the Trail as your CDT correspondent homework. I'm pitching in and helping Gizmo produce a few episodes this winter season, 
It's a pleasure being here, and I hope I can craft something magical for you all to listen to. On today's episode, we will be exploring the idea of community. So pour a cup of joe, zip up your vestibule, and fashion yourself some sort of pillow out of dirty clothing, since there's a lot to talk about. First of all, what is community? I gave it a quick Google, and this is what popped up. Number one, a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. Number two, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. I definitely replaced the word attitudes with altitudes when I first read that, which I think also makes sense when you're talking about long-distance hikers. It's been quite a ride these past few weeks after the announcement of who will be our next president preceding President Barack Obama. I'll try my best to stay objective here and not dip into the black hole of politics I'm sure is popping up all over your Facebook feed and maybe around your Thanksgiving table. But one thing that comes to mind is that as a country, we are looking at our own identities and how we interact as communities. The trail is a special place, and if you've been lucky enough to have hiked for five days or 3,000 miles with the same people, you've experienced that one-of-a-kind social unit and durable relationship that goes beyond genealogical ties. What's funny is that the internet also told me that a community is a sense of place, which on the trail is such a mobile thing. But what we do share is intent, beliefs, resources, preferences, needs, and risks. Our intent is on hiking, our beliefs is that what we're doing is living out a dream, our resources are water, Starbucks via, and Idahoan potatoes, our preferences can be on what type of gear we use or where we sleep, our needs are food, shelter, ice cream, and love, and risks can be dehydration, hypothermia, blisters, and butt chafing. We are a community out there on the trail all coming from different places and backgrounds, socioeconomic profiles, races, cultures, and religions, if not only for a few months. So, let's go forward and listen to what some of our correspondents and fellow hikers have to say about community. We'll start out with Hey Girl, this summer on the PCT. Okay, this is uh, Hey Girl with Sounds of the Trail, and I'm here with... Crumb Cakes. And we are sitting at the Delaware Water Gap on the Appalachian Trail. Um, we are just about to have walked through the first seven states, the AT, and we are going to be moving into the eighth on a northbound journey. So in a couple hours, we'll be headed to New Jersey, crossing the Delaware River. But for now, I have crumb cakes with me, and we are going to talk about the trail community and life out here on the Appalachian Trail with people in that community of thru-hikers. So, crumb cakes, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got out here. Uh, I'm from British Columbia. I'm 35. I live in a small mountain town, and I'm a hiker, but I'd never done more than, you know, five, six days on trails, and just wanted to do this for about 10 years and kind of test myself physically and mentally. Yeah. So how did you, for a lot of people listening, they are either curious or keen to start thinking about it through like, for somebody like yourself who's thought about this for 10 years, what was the reason or your motivation for finally getting out here this year? Short answer, a breakup. <laughs> uh, long answer, you know, it just took a lot of years to like carve out this time in my life. I'm self-employed. I just had a contract end coinciding yeah with a breakup and I just part of it was also wrapped up in kind of like reclaiming myself and finally doing something that wholeheartedly I wanted to do and it wasn't meeting anyone else's goals but my own so all those things wrapped up the practical aspect of timing and just wanting to like have this year be all about something I've always wanted to do 
I think that's really cool and a common theme out here of Thrikers where there we're a community of people where we're all thriking and doing similar things, but in many ways it's a community of many individual people and a lot of people come out here for similar reasons, but in one way or another everybody had to stop their life at home, mm -hmm. change directions and it's uh both something where it's like a a very indulgent opportunity, but um a difficult one where everybody has to make that first step and take the inertia to, to change things. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you're more than halfway through your through hike, both in distance and time. And how, how are you feeling? Overall, I feel really proud to have come this far. I may be hiking a little slower than I initially thought I would, but I started off solo. And then a couple months in, or a month into the hike, I met not only fantastic people, but um, a fantastic guy. So we've been hiking together for a couple months. And I've just, aside from the relationship, I've noticed that because I'm quite an introverted person usually. And so it's nice having a hiking partner to just get me out of my shell and, and spend more time with other people and, and, and getting to know them like yourself. Okay, so that's that's great. Talk, can you talk a little bit more about your bond and having one main hiking partner and what it means and what that means for you out here? Sure. Well, like you said, we all meet so many. I mean, by now we've probably each met a few hundred through hikers in our sort of section of the trail that we go through. And that's lovely because there's this larger sense of, of solidarity, of support, you know, we're all here for each other. But I actually think um, it's extra special if someone desires this to get to know one or two or three people really well because uh, you can in your daily experiences you can really feel validated and you can share those special moments and you know I started this hike off alone and that was awesome I had a really good first month and then I started spending time with easy and I had to check in with myself a few times is this what I prefer you know and I realized, yeah, it really is because I get to share those daily things with him and and a few other people too that I've that I've shared days or weeks hiking with. Um, but there's just something more intimate about it, you know. We're all having certain thoughts or realizations or things we see, things we're learning about ourselves. It's just really nice to throw those around with other people and hear where they're coming from too, and and know that yeah, we're on planet Earth and we're we're having similar but different experiences. I think yeah. that's a great point. Yeah, sometimes there's so many miles and so many hours of the day out here when you're hiking to be in your own mind. And, you know, I've met a lot of hikers that even say at certain moments they talk to themselves out oh, loud. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, it's like you said, there's nothing really matched by sharing that out loud with somebody else or even just listening to what their experience has mm -hmm. been. So you can talk a little bit more about what that means about sharing some of those thoughts or ideas with the other person you're hiking with and or hearing their thoughts and how that impacts your daily experience. I mean, it just makes me feel less alone or, or even more elated. It can also help to bring me in back into the present moment because I can get far off in my thoughts. And like you said, even with a hiking buddy, you still have hours every day to just be in your own mind. So yeah, batting things back and forth with someone else helps to remind me of what we're seeing and doing and, and accomplishing. And I think even beyond, say, the physical things of what we're seeing or walking over, there's just our whole relationship to this hike and and whatever issues are coming up that day, whether it's the terrain or the town you've got to go through. There's all these deeper layers to how we as human beings interact with that. So 
I don't know. It's all these layers. Nice. Okay, so then what about um, other than having a hiking buddy out here that you met on the trail? Do you, when you think of community out here on the trail, are there any other uh, ways that you feel you've been impacted by the folks or the environment of what the trail community is? I do think, like, I brought to this hike something that I was told um, in a whole other context because I play old-time music, fiddle, banjo music, and I go to these festivals and we all hang out and camp out and play music together. And I had a mentor, a fiddle teacher, years ago tell me, always prioritize the people over the music. Mm. And I, I brought that to this hike, that even though I'm here to hike, it's also really all about the people. It's all about ourselves and the people. And so even in moments or days when I wasn't feeling social on the trail, when I really just wanted to pretend no one else was on the trail and I had it to myself, this is early on I'm talking, I would still go to my way with a smile to say hi and, mm. and try to get to know people. And I think that goes a long ways. Welcome back. Dang, I messed up and said hey girl, I was reporting from the PCT, but I bet you all caught that. Big thanks to Crumb Cakes for sharing her thoughts on a solitary hike versus a shared one. I think she's right in that having someone there with you to share thoughts and ideas helps to keep you present. My favorite part of the CDT this summer was hiking through New Mexico with my buddy Knees, and getting to laugh at the ridiculousness of the pain we are going through, as well as the awful dinners we came up with from our food bags. It also really helped the paranoia having a hiking buddy up in Montana. You get to share a raw part of yourself out there on the trail that not many people from home get to see. You watch others have the hardest days of their life and those memories of elation that come from getting to the top of a pass or finding a Snickers bar you thought you had already eaten. Our next interview is by Morning Glory, out on the PCT, for real this time, where she chats with Boo Boo about all of this. Enjoy! This is Morning Glory for Sounds of the Trail podcast, and I am sitting in Belden, California, alongside the North Fork of the Feather River, which is a mouthful. And I'm sitting here with actually, I think, the first international thru-hiker that I'm interviewing. So congrats, Boo Boo, for being number one. Thank you. you. Boo Boo, why don't you officially introduce yourself? I'm Boo Boo. I'm from England. I'm 22 years old, and I'm hiking the PCT. So what has the experience been like for you being an international thru-hiker, like having a community on the trail? Do you feel like you found a community on the trail? I actually found someone from my home community. Whoa, and uh, you're from a really small hometown, aren't you? Yeah, I found someone um, from yeah Bishop Stortford back in England, Hollywood. Hollywood, <laughs> the sounds of the trail. Yeah, She's yeah, the other Holly. podcast correspondent. Yeah. Whoa, wow. Hollywood oh, is Hollywood's absolutely from, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And Hollywood is from your hometown. Yeah. Wow. She, she's okay. She's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a crazy, crazy, crazy small world. Wow. Um, so do you feel like you've hung out with a majority of people from the U.S., from the States, or people that are international? I have encountered other people from England, but not many. I know there are them out there. I've seen a lot of Australians. The majority of the people I hang out with are American or Australian seem to be the two most popular ones. Is that a surprise to you or did you like anticipate that that's what it would be like? 
Not the Australian. I didn't think the Australians. I don't. I don't know. I knew I was going to be. I thought there'd be more, most Americans, and okay. but there's loads of international people here. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be so popular abroad. Yeah, I will admit that's something that I I was shocked by too. So when you go home, how would you describe the hiking community to your friends and family? The hiking community is like one giant family. You always look after each other. That everyone's amazing. Like my mom and dad constantly ask me if I'm okay and if I'm having fun and who I'm with. And I've always been like, I'm never on my own. I've literally never been on my own. If I wanted someone to be with me, they were with me. I've never had to get a ride on my own. I've never stayed in a motel room on my own. I, it's everyone is so loving and kind, and everyone bands together and looks after each other, and it's a big family. Yeah. That's cool. That's really really great. I would totally agree with that. Do you think there's any community like that, like back at home? I mean, the outdoor community isn't really that big at home in terms of where I live, mm-hmm. I would say, unless I just haven't broken into it or anything. Just teams, I guess. I, I was part of a sports team and we had some sort of like group thing going on there, but nothing, I don't know. I've never experienced anything Yeah, it's kind of like, like a once-in-a-lifetime, yeah. like... It's really hard. I've thought a lot about, like, yeah. how will I tell people what the community on the trail was like. I know, and you can't explain it. Like, yeah, you yeah. really, really can't. There's no way to explain. To get out here and do it. Yeah. I mean, even tonight's a great example. We have, like, four people who don't even know each other sharing a hotel room. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, yeah. that would never happen yeah. in, in the real world at all. So, has any part of this, like, what has been, in your idea, the most surprising part of the trail? Like, what were you like, whoa, no one told me, like, it was going to be like this, or no one told me this was going to happen? I don't know. I didn't think it would be as busy okay. as well. That was a, a weird expectation. Like, as many people on the trail? Yeah. Okay. Like, and I, I, it's actually a pleasant surprise. I actually kind of like being surrounded by people, and I came out here to get away from people, but I actually really like the people I've been surrounded by now. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to get away from people so you would have time for yourself? Or what was your rationale for getting away from people? I'd just graduated from college and I got into a job and I just was having kind of a tough time in the transition of things. And I kind of was in a bad place and then I just needed to figure things out for myself because I had like my friends and family talking in one ear and work talking in the other. And it was just Mm -hmm. like super stressful for me and... I love being outside. Like before I started doing this job, I worked as a wilderness trip leader in the summers in Maine and I loved it. It was my favorite thing ever. And then I found myself in something that I wasn't, I don't know how to finish it off. So I just didn't want to be there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't and know. You, and you felt like nature would allow you to like have the time to really think and look in words yeah, and reflect. Yeah, figure things out and make me realize because other jobs I was looking into would have involved me being outdoors pretty much all all the time. Yeah. And so it kind of helps me realize that I do like being outdoors. I mean, I love sleeping in a bed and stuff, but I miss my tent. I miss sleeping in that, my own little personal space. And I really enjoy being outdoors. Would you say, do you think the trail is like solving some things in your life? I would say it's, yeah, it's helping me close doors that were, open and that I didn't want to be open but they were always in the back of my head and it's boosted my confidence a lot it's done so many positive things for me yeah yeah I think that's one of the biggest things with me like confidence has been 
a number one thing yep. on the trail. And yeah. I didn't realize that it was like something so, that I struggled with. Yeah, I didn't realize it's like self-acceptance and things like that. Yeah. I realized how much pressure I was on in the real world to be someone else, someone I wasn't. Yes. And out here, you're just accepted for who you are. Yeah. Why do, you, why do you think it's that like in nature and going through this experience that you have that realization? Well, I think that you're cut off from like the outside world. You don't have your phone, you don't have your face, but you don't have the input of all of those external things like magazines the celebrities like things going on in the world even like terrorism things like that you don't have that you just focus everyone's goes back to their natural interesting like I'm here to survive and then you don't necessarily worry about what you look like or what the other person looks like and you see people for who they actually are people yeah yeah no, I, I completely agree with you. I think I think you're, like, saying it so well. It's so true. Um, do you think you're now more prepared or less prepared to return to the real world? Because it's almost like now you're like, uh, I have no clue what I want to do. Like, there's yeah. just been so much thought process time. At the moment, I think I'm, in some ways, prepared in, in the sense, like, I kind of know how I want to change my life and the people I want to be surrounded by and the things I want to follow that will make me happy. But in a sense, no, because I'm so used to hanging out with just hiker trash. Yeah. And I don't know how to talk to real people. Yeah, right? All I talk about is hiking. Oh, yeah. hiking-related stories or hiking this. And what do you talk about in the real world? I forgot. I know. It's right. It's yeah. totally right, though. Like, going to a bar back in Los Angeles, like... Yeah, I don't know what to tell people I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they'll look at me weird. Cool. Well, best of luck, Boo Boo, on getting to Canada. And um, thank you for coming out here and experiencing this trail. Thanks. Thanks again, Boo Boo, for sharing your experience out on the trail. Something that hit me was when you said, out here you're just accepted for who you are. I feel that. But even the trail isn't a utopia. Lots of complex problems from the world revolving around identity and our not-so-sweet history follow us out there. This summer, I ran into Zool on the PCT while leading an Outward Bound course. I only talked to her for a couple minutes, but our conversation played on loop in my head for the next handful of days. I appreciated her sincerity and courage, as well as her willingness to share her experiences as as long-distance hiker and person of color. Here's our interview. Hey, this is Homework with Sounds of the Trail, and I am with... Uh, Amanda, or Zool. And we are at PCT Mile. Uh, I don't remember. (laughs) Something 20... It's like 2037. 2047.5. We're just just north of Olali Lake Resort in uh, Central Oregon, a couple days from Mount Hood, getting close close to the Timberline Lodge, all-you-can-eat breakfast (laughs) buffet. So close. And Zul, you're (laughs) through hiking northbound. Yep. Cool. Do you know what day you're on now? Uh, Today is day 120. 120. Yep. Dang. 
the end is in sight, but you're not trying to think about it. Yep, trying not to think about it. <laughs> Just focusing, focusing on the now. Cool. So I ran into Zool on the trail today uh, while I'm leading this little Outward Bound course, and we got to chatting about podcasts and episodes and all this stuff. And um, you mentioned you have a blog. I do. Uh, it's Brown Girl on the PCT. Yeah. Uh, as I am a hiker of color, and there are very few of us out here, so I'm kind of, you know, identifiable. Yeah. Uh, in that. What has that been like for you out here? I mean, mostly it's been sort of a non-issue. Um, you do get the occasional sort of strange comment, um, either from hikers or people in town. Mostly from people in town, just kind of being like, "You're you're different. What are what are you doing out here?" Yeah. Um, in same. a friend friendly way. Or? In a friendly way. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely well intentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like the the same thing as everybody else, just hiking, just trying to make it to Canada. Right. Do you feel like? Whether or not you like it, you're representing a, oh, yeah. a community. Absolutely, for sure. It it's definitely sort of made me more aware of like sort of the ways in which I act, and so things get a little rowdy sometimes on the trail, um, slash in towns, uh, and I've been sort of cognizant of of mm. my sort of status in in those ways. Yeah, sure. yeah. Not that I like am a representative or like want to be. But then again, sort of at the same time, like, hiking hiking while black, this is a thing. Like, as, as a black person hiking, hiking is a thing that black people do, mm-hmm. um, which still seems to sort of shock some people, <laughs> which is, yeah, I don't know, interesting. I work for Humboldt State University in the winters, and mm-hmm. we've been putting a lot of grant money towards um, different diversity programs on campus, mm-hmm. and... You know, making sure there's opportunities to be in outdoor spaces. And because of that, I've been aware of, like, new programs going on, like Afro Outdoors and Latino Outdoors. All these, like, super empowering programs going on. And I feel like there's kind of this, like, cultural shift or revolution happening. Absolutely. Yeah. What have you seen? Can you speak to that? Um, So I can... So there's definitely sort of an interest in sort of the things that I, I talk about on my blog, which sort of are the, the intersection of being brown, um, black, and sort of being in outdoor spaces, um, just sort of identifying various things that like a lot of people don't think about. Um, but I think it's it's fantastic because we're we're sort of reclaiming the public spaces that were sort of lost to us with with Jim Crow and with segregation um, and I think that that is a wonderful wonderful thing. Carolyn Finney wrote a book called Black Faces White Spaces wherein she says basically like people of color were sort of pushed out of public spaces um, and particularly the outdoors but they were never sort of formally welcomed back in mm-hmm. um, after sort of all of that was over so everybody come back. (laughs) Do you feel welcome in the long distance hiking community? I do very much so. It's, I mean, you're, you're sort of marked, your skin color sort of marks you for sure, but it's, it's never really a thing that anybody sort of treats you differently for particularly. And I've actually had a lot of very sort of productive conversations about brownness and about race and sort of things that are going on in the outside world mm-hmm. um while i've been hiking yeah it's um, been a really intense summer yeah yeah to to put it mildly yeah for sure 
And I, I think that goes back to being representative, right? And so a lot of people sort of come to me being like, how do you feel about this? And it's like, well, like, I'm, I'm not everybody, but, but this is me and this is sort of where I'm coming from. So. Totally. Yeah, I vibe on that. Like, I feel like the long-distance hiking community is full of misfit. Yeah. Um, and it's full of people from different socioeconomic statuses. Um, personally, I'm, I'm trans. And being out here, I just feel like I can be myself. Yeah. You know, and everyone I meet is too, super accepting if I choose to share that with them. Yeah. And similar to you, it's been a really intense summer. Like what yeah. happened in Orlando. Yeah. Jesus. You know, like it was so weird. I was on the CDT when it happened and mm-hmm. I just felt so far away from my community and it was really hard. Yeah. But at the same time, like it felt good to be out there, you know? Right. But yeah, I don't know. It's... It's nice to to not have to think about this thing that I, I think in the real world people are sort of constantly forcing you to think about. Being like, hey, you're this, you're this. Um, whereas out here you're just like, you're you. Yeah, yeah. And you don't really, you don't really have to worry about it. Yeah, that's really inspiring. Do you have any words of wisdom or encouragement for all, all those other brown people out there who are thinking about hiking <laughs> in the future? Do it, get outside. Even if you you don't think that you can do it. So I I hiked the Colorado Trail last year, uh, and I think my I tended to make like 12-ish miles a day, which uh, I was super ashamed about and just like wouldn't talk to anybody about. But but I was out there and doing it, and I I got it done. I did it. Um, And I'm over 2,000 miles into this trail, which is completely shocking to me. <laughs> um, but you just gotta, you just gotta get out there. You gotta put one front of, foot in front of the other. And if it's something that you're interested in, I'd highly encourage you to get out there and do it for sure. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate yeah, your time absolutely. and good for luck sure. on your way to Canada. Thanks. <laughs> Fingers crossed that I get there. You got this. I think Zul brought up a good point, that even within small communities, there are other sub-communities. I'm stoked to see organizations like Latino Outdoors, Afro Outdoors, and Fat Girls Hiking flourish. Keep on being beautiful and strong. You got this. You can find Zul's blog by going to browngirlonthepct.com. I recommend checking out her useful links page for some future reads for your enlightenment and enjoyment. We're going to jump back to the East Coast and hear a bit from Wanderer as he talks with Oriole out on the Appalachian Trail. Hi, this is Wanderer, and I'm heading northbound on the Appalachian Trail, right around mile 1560. And today I'm here with Oriole, who's a through hiker as well, and we've been hiking with each other pretty much since uh, mile zero. Uh, we met at the hiker hostel in Dahlonega, Georgia. So I'm going to have him introduce himself, first of all. Hey, hey, everyone. My name is Oriel, or Bryson back home. I'm from Columbia, Maryland. I'm 23, and this is my first ever through hike out here on the Appalachian Trail. I'm sure you have plenty of good stories. Do you have any uh, good stories that kind of demonstrates what the Appalachian Trail community has been for you? Yeah, so... Pretty early on, I actually, right around Watauga Dam, I 
got my bear bag taken, and I remember going to sleep that night thinking... He was taken by a bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to clarify that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so that was maybe 12 o'clock at night. We were uh, waking up by a couple of hungry bears that, that got to it, and I remember going to sleep that night thinking, wow, you know, what am I going to do? I have two days stretch until I get into Damascus, Virginia, and you know, how am I going to, do I need to get into town or shuttle, ask for a hitchhike into the nearest town, and luckily when I woke up that next morning, every single person that was going by had their food spread along the whole pavement, and just giving me everything that they might not need, and maybe even a bag of Skittles or two to help me out (laughs) mentally while I'm walking, and we, I wasn't the only one that actually got my bear bag taken. There was actually a gentleman and his dog, uh, oh, Sojo. Sojo, yeah. Yeah, and he, we were a little worried about the dog as well. How is he going to make it? And everyone was more than accommodating uh, for us to yeah. last the, you know, the two day stretch into Damascus. And that's when I really realized, you know, I'm not by myself out here. Uh, there's plenty of hikers that that are willing to give me the shirt off their back if if I needed it. I just want to ask you, with the community in mind, how has that affected you? And you think it'll change your attitudes when you leave the trail and go back home? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of the community that we see at this point are just the through hikers that we might pass on a daily basis. But a lot of it is actually the the people as where we're actually stopped at right now is a lady that sells fresh eggs. Uh, she boils them for you or Klondike bars or, yeah. you know, unfortunately she's not home right now, so we don't get that special treat. But uh, I think a lot of it is more of the trail angels that are there along the entire course, you know, Georgia to Maine that are helping us just with simple stuff. Uh, water in New York, we found was very dry so Mm -hmm. yeah so you'll make these you know three mile climbs and they say uh on the gut hook app that there's going to be a spring coming up and maybe somebody hadn't wrote in there that it's going to be dry so we're a little bit worried about the water and as you're coming down the mountain you know someone is there in their truck giving you a cold soda and, and maybe a water refill i think those people are really what what keep me going um and you think this is going to change you when you leave the trail and when you go back home? Yeah, being from Maryland, I'm, I'll be out here probably once a month on a weekend that, you know, I don't have work or nothing is happening in my life. I'll, I'll bring whatever I can to help these hikers out, I think, in the future. It's just a very easy way to, you know, make someone feel good just even if it is for a short period of time um, Mm -hmm. might help them through that hump that they're struggling with Uh, even just kind words are are great you know if they don't have soda that's fine just a conversation is all that yeah you know we need it at some points when we go through a couple of days of rain you know Mm -hmm. yeah one thing i really enjoy about this uh hiker community is that uh it's very tight knit and the trail kind of breaks down a lot of barriers. Like you could be any age, uh, any financial situation. You could come from any part of the United States or even the world, but yet uh, everybody seems to find commonality on the trail. You know, we're all kind of suffering through the day. We all are having the same experiences, good and bad. 
Um, but it's really great. Yeah, so for anybody else who hasn't done the trail or experienced this, I would say uh, the hiker community on the Appalachian Trail is, is very unique. And it sets it apart from any other trip that I've taken in uh, my lifetime, at least. So um, if you want to experience something like this, uh, just come on out here and uh, just uh, enjoy the relationships you make. Whether that, you know, is for a through hike or just a section hike, you know, we're I've already bonded with somebody that we met for a couple of days and he intends to come back out here and meet back up with us for yeah. a, another little stretch, I believe. So I, I guess that's the main thing. Uh, we're not out here alone. Um, that's the unique experience that you'll get from the trail. So uh, I'd like to thank Oriole for taking the time. We're about maybe a quarter of a way into our hike. Um, and so we got to make tracks. So I'll let him say goodbye to you folks. Yeah, thanks for the time, Juan. Uh, keep trekking, everyone. And I hope to see everyone in Maine. Okay, and so this is Wanderer on the Appalachian Trail signing off. Before your eyes On that day What do you want to see? Do you want to see the garden Or the concrete? Well the choices every day We make In the environment that we cultivate Said we were never meant To suffocate In a raging sea of fear and hate I like the idea of never being alone out there. I told myself that a lot out on the CDT this summer. My hiking partner and I parted ways on July 2nd and I didn't get off the trail until the 24th. That's 22 days of being alone. And I'm not gonna lie, it sucked. I think even those of us who self-describe as introverts need a sense of belonging, a community, and some more than others. If you hike from Mexico to Canada, is it even worth the journey if you don't make any meaningful connections? The trail brings together a whole handful of misfits, year after year. We walk and sweat and eat and talk and become family, no matter how different we were in the beginning. Our shared experience transcends skin color and tax brackets alike. And the best part is, some of us even take this model with us when we go home. Thanks to everyone for listening. Call your mom, smile at strangers, and pick up litter. Until next time, this is Homework from Sounds of the Trail, signing off. Musical transitions are provided by the band Dig and Dirt with the track Wild Roots.